Some people might tell you that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. As a clinical psychologist, I don't necessarily love the idea that this is the definition of insanity because that's not a super useful term that we use very often. I do think it would be fair to say that it is unreasonable to do the same thing over and over again and think that you're going to get a different result out of it. But there's a flip side to that that's maybe implied, but not often directly stated, that I think is extremely important for you to keep in mind. And that is, if you do things differently, it is just as unreasonable to expect the same result as it would be to expect a different result from doing things the same way over and over again. In other words, if you change your habits, if you change your behaviors, if you change your lifestyle, what you get from life and the way you feel about your life cannot help but to change. And if you're feeling stuck or frustrated or hopeless, then this is extremely good news for you. In any system, if you change the inputs, if you modify what you are putting into that system, you will also change the outputs, the results you get from your work or from your efforts. If you are cooking something, if you're, if you're following a recipe and you switch out one of the ingredients, the resulting food will have a different flavor. If you are playing a song and you're following the notes and you play that song on a different instrument than what it was originally recorded on, the song will sound different. These are inputs and outputs in a system. Your life is also a system and what you get out of it will vary depending upon what you put into it. Now I know that that is easier said than done. Behavior change is a notoriously difficult thing for anybody to do. It is especially difficult if you are struggling with depression or anxiety or really any type of mental health condition whatsoever. That being said, behavior change is something that I have had immense personal success with. I'm not trying to make myself sound awesome or anything. It, it's just simply true. Um, in high school, my cumulative GPA when I graduated high school was about a 2.8. And that was after a really like Herculean effort senior year to get my grades up. They were closer to a two prior to senior year. Um, freshman year of college, I actually dipped back down again and failed a few classes, including, don't lose faith in me. It was, just, it was me being transparent, okay? I failed introduction to psychology, freshman year of college. No joke, true story. Mostly because I missed the final, because I didn't know what day it was, but I wasn't in great shape even before then. Obviously, I eventually went on to get my doctorate in psychology, so pretty dramatic turnaround there, right? I have gone from being completely sedentary to being in, at least for my age, which I'll be turning 40 in a few months here, being in extremely good shape. I have gone from being so depressed I was non-functional to being so good at helping other people with their own depression and anxiety that I have a wait list that I can't even manage. So I have had tremendous success with behavior change and I've been able to help other people do the same. Lately, I've been thinking a lot about how exactly I did those things and trying to articulate the changes I made, trying to break them down into the simplest, most possible terms that anyone could follow and anyone could do. That's what we're gonna talk about today. I can explain everything I've done and everything I've helped other people do in the realm of behavior change with one simple concept and three words. That's the plan for today.
So let's start by defining change. Now in this context, I'm gonna define change as doing anything you're not currently doing consistently or regularly or habitually. So a behavior change doesn't necessarily mean like this is a brand new thing that I've never tried before. Behavior change might be your first time trying to integrate something new into your life, it might be your 10th time, it might be your 30th time. If it's not consistent for you right now, then it's a change. And this is important because your body and your brain naturally resist change. They don't really like change. Our inner systems prefer what's called homeostasis. Homeostasis is basically a fancy word for not changing anything. It means everything stays the same. All the variables, all the inputs, all the outputs are level and equal and they don't change. Nothing modifies them. We think, no one really knows this for sure, but we think the reason that human beings naturally resist change is because change, even if it's a potentially positive or healthy or beneficial change, is automatically to some degree associated with fear. We know the life we have right now. We may not be thriving in it, but we are surviving in it. We know that we can probably get through tomorrow if tomorrow is the same as today because we made it through today. If tomorrow is different than today, if there's something present in our lives or our environments or our routines tomorrow that was not present today, our limbic systems, our brain security systems basically, they interpret that as threat. They interpret that as potentially a problem because we don't really know how that particular thing is going to go and they try to stop you from doing it. It's super frustrating. Brains are kind of dumb sometimes. And so anytime you start a change, initially what you're going to have to do is apply willpower. You almost all the time. There's probably a few exceptions to this. Very rarely is a new behavior or a change or a shift in your routine going to just like start without a hitch. There will almost always be some level of inner resistance that you have to overcome even if you desperately want this change. That's your internal desire for homeostasis. So when you first start a change, you will be using your willpower. You will be forcing yourself to do something that you, it's not right to say that you don't want to do it, but that you're resisting doing to some degree. Something that feels awkward or uncomfortable or difficult or new or some synonym of these words, right? And so you start by using willpower and that will work for a while, but nobody has unlimited willpower. Willpower is always finite, willpower always runs out. I don't care who you are. These are universal human truths. So if you look at somebody who's been doing something, like working out, let's say, someone who's been working out consistently for 10 years, they are not using willpower every single day to do that. Nobody has that much willpower. They have gotten that behavior to a point where it no longer requires willpower to engage in the behavior. And that's the equation I'm gonna teach you today. When you are considering engaging in a behavior, there are two variables that play out in whether or not that variable happens. There is the effort that it will take to engage in that behavior, and there is the reward you will receive when you engage in that behavior. In other words, how hard is it, and what do I get out of it? We're mammals. That's how we, on a subconscious level, evaluate things. And most of our decisions in a day happen subconsciously, below our level of critical thinking and conscious processing. That's one of the reasons willpower can't sustain you forever. At first, when you start a brand new change, effort will never be higher and reward will never be lower because you don't have a very high skill level in doing this behavior yet. For example, 
when I first started recording this podcast, the first one I recorded was like 15 minutes long. That was after editing over an hour of it because I kept rambling and having technical errors and, and losing my train of thought. So I got very little reward, very little usable material out of quite a bit of effort, to be honest with you. You may have noticed, if you've been listening to this podcast for a little bit, that over time, the average length of my podcast has been increasing. I'm not actually recording more. In fact, I am recording less, but I'm getting better at actually recording things that are worth putting on the podcast and not screwing up every 10 seconds and having to restart constantly. So over time, the effort that it requires me to record a podcast is decreasing. The reward is increasing, and actually that's happening for multiple reasons. It's happening because I'm putting out, I'm, I'm getting more out of my time. The listen counts are going up. More of you are listening every week, and seeing those numbers go up is rewarding to me because I like knowing that people are hearing this and benefiting from this. So over time, as you continue a behavior, and this is, in, it does not matter what it is. This is a universal behavioral truth. Effort is highest at the beginning, reward is lowest at the beginning. And as you continue, these start to converge. At some point, if you can stick with the behavior for long enough, reward will eclipse effort. You get more out of the thing than you put in. That is the moment where the behavior becomes self-sustaining. Once reward eclipses effort, you will want to inherently and internally continue the behavior. There will be minimal resistance. You probably won't even think about it most days. It's a little bit like having a job, right? When you have had the same job for about three, four, five years, I've been at my job for six and a half years, okay? When I wake up Monday through Friday, unless I am sick or I'm having car trouble or there's something going on with the weather, there is no conscious question or consideration about whether or not I'm going to work. I don't even think about it. This is a day that I work, I go to work. The first few days of having a new job, they don't necessarily feel that way, right? You're not really sure what you're doing yet, you're not sure if this job is worth it yet, and so each day you wake up and you kind of have to fight a little inner battle with yourself to decide whether or not to go. But at some point, those lines cross and a behavior becomes self-sustaining. So, the key to making a behavior change stick is to try to get those lines to cross before your willpower runs out. It's a little bit like planting a seed in the ground. You plant it and for a few days you don't know if anything's gonna grow or not because you can't see what's happening beneath the surface. And hopefully, after a week or two of sunlight and water, a little sprout pops out. The plant is growing. Every now and then, it doesn't. The seed did not take root. You've probably noticed that in your own efforts at behavioral change. Some of them stick, some of them don't. If you've wondered why, this is the reason. If reward eclipses effort before your willpower runs out, then you will keep going after your willpower runs out. If reward does not eclipse effort before your willpower runs out, then the day you don't have willpower anymore is going to be the day the behavior stops. So that's the concept that I mentioned before. Getting the reward from a behavior to cross the threshold of the effort required to engage in the behavior before your willpower runs out. If you can do that, you should be able to sustain almost any behavior change you want to make. Next, we're going to talk about the three words that are going to help maximize the likelihood of that occurring. And those three words are enrich, 
expand, evolve. These are the three things we're going to do in order to try to make a behavior change stick. The biggest downfall that sabotages most people's attempts at change is impatience. And I'm not trying to call anybody out here. If any of you know me, I am one of the most impatient people on the planet. I like things fast. I like things to work right away. I do not like waiting for things. So this is as much for me as it is for you, okay? Enrich, expand, evolve in the broad context of behavior change. What enrich means is we're going to take the smallest area possible in a large ecosystem of behaviors we're trying to change. Let's say that you want to be a healthier person, okay? There are a lot of things that make up a person's health. We're gonna pick one of those things and just focus in that one area for now. We'll do an example shortly here once I walk you through this concept. Within that single area that we've selected, we're going to envision the smallest possible increment or amount of behavior change that we could possibly make in that area that would reasonably be expected to produce some feeling of reward. In other words, you don't want to make the goal too lofty. You don't want to set it too far beyond what you're currently doing because, remember, we're trying to make reward eclipse effort. You have quite a bit of control in whether or not that happens because for most of the behavior changes we're talking about, you are probably in control of the goals. The one deciding what needs to happen and how quickly it needs to happen and how you'll be measuring it most likely is you because we're talking about your life and things you're doing for your mental health, for your physical health, for your relationships, for your quality of life. So you get to define the parameters. You are in control. You have the power. And unfortunately, most of us use that power to pressure ourselves into making unsustainable changes. So we're going to start with the smallest possible increment of the behavior that could reasonably be expected to produce some feelings of reward. It can't be too small. If it's like unbelievably tiny, it's not going to be enough to produce a reward. It does have to produce some reward, but we don't want the effort to be so high that it's going to take us months for those lines to cross. Until we have automated this small increment of behavior, we are not going to push ourselves any further. We are going to stick with just this one simple thing in this small increment until it is basically zero effort, maximum reward. Think of it as like, again, driving to work. If you have had the same job for years, driving to work, assuming you have not moved recently or something along those lines, takes almost no effort. You don't really have to pay attention or concentrate. It is pretty much an automated skill or behavior at this point in your life. You daydream while you drive to work. You barely even remember driving to work. You've automated that behavior. You don't even really think about it. It just kind of happens almost as if by magic. That is what we are trying to do. We want this small increment of this behavior to be something that just occurs. Something you don't even necessarily remember deciding to do. You just suddenly are like, hey, I'm doing the thing. I don't even remember deciding to do the thing. That's what we want. And until we get there, stick with the one thing in the one increment. That's enrich.
over and over and over again, building leverage in the system, making this so easy that it doesn't even register to your brain that you're doing it. Might take a while. Step two, expand. What that means is you take the same behavior or the same category and you just increase it a little bit. What that looks like specifically will depend on the behavior. It might be doing it for longer. It might be doing it twice a day instead of once a day. It might be doing it in a more intense manner. It might be a new behavior in the same realm. But it's taking the same thing you're already doing and just growing it a little bit. So we're going to increase the effort a little bit here. Hopefully not beyond the reward threshold, but increase the effort a little bit. Because what we've proven to ourselves at this point, what we've determined is this thing is worth it. When I do this thing, I get good things out of it. And I want to continue doing this thing. So that also should mean, to a point at least, that if we do more of this thing, we will get even more reward out of it. And the discrepancy actually should grow even more. The more you do it, the more you get from it. As long as you don't push yourself too hard, too quickly. Do not let your impatience sabotage your progress. It is so easy to do. Fight against it with everything you have. Take your time with this. If you take your time, it will work. The third E is evolve. And that's when we have essentially maximized the benefits of what we can get out of this particular thing. There's no further we can go in this domain. Now it's time to move on to something else in the same ecosystem. And again, I'll give an example shortly here, but if we were working on health, maybe the first, uh, the enrich and the expand, maybe they were sleep. And now we've kind of maximized our sleep. We're sleeping about as well as a person can reasonably be expected to sleep. Now we move on to an adjacent health behavior. Maybe that's nutrition, maybe it's physical activity, maybe it's meditation. It's something else in that same ecosystem of behaviors, but a new activity. But we don't start that second one until we have maximized the first one. That's the system. Because at that point, what you've done is you've basically locked this one in. You have automated this behavior. It is so worth it to your brain because you've built up so much leverage from having such a high skill level and such a high level of consistency with it. You don't even think about it anymore. This is now just part of your life. This is your floor. And unless you intentionally remove that behavior from your life, it is here to stay. You've got it. It's there. So let me run through this with an example. Let's say, let's just do the example I just gave, sleep. Okay, let's say my overall goal is I want to have more energy. I'm, I'm feeling worn out, fatigued, I'm having a hard time making it through my day. I need more energy. So the first category that I'm going to work on, which is going to be the enrich and the expand, remember, those are both within one category. I decide I'm going to start with sleep. Enrich. I pick the smallest possible increment of behavior change that I could make that could reasonably be expected to produce a reward. So let's say I identify, because I know a lot about sleep, that the most helpful thing I can do for my sleep is have a consistent wake-up time. And I have a tendency to sleep in on the weekends. What I would do is gradually, maybe by, let's say, 15-minute increments, I would start to wake up 15 minutes earlier on the weekends, okay? That's a really small amount, right? That's not a dramatic change, and that is the point. That's exactly the point. 
you might think, oh, 15 minutes, like what difference is that really going to make in a person's life? Not a ton. It will make a little. Having an extra 15 minutes in the morning or being 15 minutes closer to a consistent sleep routine will produce some reward. It's not going to be a dramatic amount of reward, but it also isn't going to be very hard. Like really, getting up 15 minutes earlier than what you're currently doing, it's not a big deal, right? Most people could do that. Downfall is people are like, I'm going to start getting up an hour or two hours or three hours earlier than what I've been doing. Well, that's tremendous effort. That's tremendous effort. And at first you're going to have willpower and then your willpower is going to fade and you probably aren't getting enough out of this behavior from the two weeks or so that it'll take your willpower to fade to make it consistent, to be able to sustain it. And it's going to fall apart at that point. I know that these seem so small that they're almost not worth it, but they will be. This is how it works. I promise you, this is what got me from where I used to be to where I am now in every domain of my life. And I've repeated it over and over and over again with so many of my therapy clients. It's real. It works. So 15 minutes earlier. And until that just feels normal, until that feels like literally nothing, that just is when I wake up. It's not a thing I'm trying to do. It's not a challenge. It's not a behavior. It just is my life. Then I go 15 minutes earlier. We're still on enrich here. We're still just working on the one behavior. Okay. And at some point, who knows how long this takes? It depends on how far away my current sleep schedule was from my goal sleep schedule. But at some point, after some amount of 15 minute increments have elapsed, I will have achieved my goal. I am now waking up at the exact time that I wanted to, and it's not even hard to do that. Now we move on to expand. So we are still in the realm of sleep. We've dialed in the wake up time. There's a lot of other variables that make up a person's sleep quality. So we're going to move on to the next one. And you just pick one. It doesn't necessarily matter that much what order you do these things in. You will get to all of them eventually. Maybe my next step is setting a cutoff time for when I have my last cup of coffee. Maybe my next step is getting a little more serious about my wind down period and making sure that 30 to 60 minutes before bed, I'm not doing any high stimulating activities. Maybe my next step is improving my sleep environment. Maybe it's using a white noise machine or using blackout shades or changing the time. I mean, it's almost limitless how far you could go with this. Our lives are very customizable. There's a lot of moving parts and there's almost no end to how many improvements we can make. And again, this is all just in one behavior, right? Now, at some point, much farther down the road, I will feel like I've done it all in the realm of sleep. I am doing everything I possibly can to get the best quality and quantity of sleep that I can, and it is working, and I feel good. I have a lot more energy. I have succeeded at fixing my sleep. Might be six months, might be a year, but it will happen if you stick with it. Now it's time to evolve. Now it's time to look at what else could I change? What else could I improve in my lifestyle to give me more energy? Maybe now I'm going to start working out. So you go back to enrich five minute workout, maybe right smallest possible increment that's going to result in any reward. That's the thing. Like it, it has to produce some feelings of reward. So waking up like one minute earlier, working out for 30 seconds, those are, there is such a thing as too small because those won't do anything for you, right? It has to feel like something, but the smallest possible increment that can produce a feeling of reward. 
if you do this, it will take a while, but it will probably take less time than what you're doing right now. Because, okay, I'm not trying to be mean, but just be honest with yourself. Think about some of the things you're trying to change. How long have you been trying? A year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years? There's some things you've been trying to change your whole life and you haven't succeeded at them, right? So if I lay out a plan for you and I say, I promise that in a year, there will be significant change in your life if you follow this plan. I know it sounds like a long time, but it's faster than what you're doing right now. Because what you're doing right now isn't getting you anything. I hope this made sense. I hope this is helpful. This particular, this concept and these three steps have changed my life. They are probably more so than any other one strategy or one intervention, the reason that I am the person I am today. So I really hope that you consider trying to enrich, expand, and evolve some of the behaviors in your life to get things where you want to be. Because if you change what you're doing, it would be crazy to not expect yourself to feel differently or better. Take care. Good luck.